And we're back, and it's actually Scott Van Kirk. I'm jumping in here uh, on zero notice to fill in for Gary because it turns out that he has another engagement. He's got to go meet his lovely bride, Gwen. And uh, to be honest with you, if you know Gwen, he does actually have his priorities straight. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so here I am, and I've got in studio with me, I've got Ellis from The Super Belt. Thanks, sir. And we're going to talk about even more about that this upcoming hour. I have got Jordan and Kelsey from Powderhorn. And this is actually our first on-air um, where we brought them into the studio. I've, if you listen to the to the Eagle at all, you've heard Kelsey's radio commercials, and she does a great, great job. Thank you. And uh, we're having a great conversation about any number of things. How are you guys doing today? Great, so far. And we're doing wonderful on a Saturday, beautiful Saturday morning. <laughs> it yes, is a beautiful Saturday morning. And um, uh, shortly, within the next hour or so, I will actually be at Powderhorn, not signing, <laughs> not signing autographs or anything, but I actually will be adopting something um, because I'm like, hey, I talked to Jordan earlier this week, and he's, we were talking about a new gun that Smith & Wesson has released. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up as well. And I'm like, hey, can you guys get any of those? And they're like, oh, no, we can't find those anywhere and stuff like that. And lo and behold. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, just kidding. So. <laughs> we now have three. Oh, no, you have two. two. You have two. Well, they have three. Soon to be two. We have zero now. <laughs> and we do, we actually have more coming also. Excellent. 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 Um, we have got a call holding on from last hour. So can uh, let's talk to Rodney and see what he's got going on. What's up, Rodney? Uh doing great with all of the the attacks on the on our second amendment i haven't heard any new news on nfa items for quite some time have they made any attacks on on that front well i'll give you my answer and i think jordan might have a little information as he um is looking across the table at me to the best of my knowledge the only thing that i have heard is there is a push to make um, certain things like was it, it was uh, pistol braces, um, weapons that were equipped with pistol braces. There was some talk um, right around after the election and coming into the new administration that those would become NFA items. Now, as far as anything else going on with NFA, Jordan, have you got anything? I don't have anything um, solid that they may be transitioning over to NFA. Um, most of the stuff, once you get your $200 and you get your tax stamp, depending on what you're purchasing, um, the NFA rules in our view are actually way more lax. I mean, you're, do, you're able to do way more things, and us as a, as a Class 3 SOT dealer um, are actually way more lax on the NFA items than it is on the standard firearms for uh, what we can and can't do. But I've heard nothing about raising fees, lowering fees. Uh, wait times are huge right now. Wait times are okay, huge. Okay, right. I, I, I had seen where wait times had gone back up again. Yeah. Cause uh, is, is, that a, is that a factor of the current administration's? Views or is that just well it, blind luck? It's it's probably a combination of everything. So, needless to say, the guys out in Portland is where that office is, and we know Portland has uh, been interesting the last year. <laughs> uh, you, you had your shutdowns. That, that's being kind. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then you had your shutdowns where you know the non-essential government workers were not coming. You know, back March, April, May, some of that stuff was happening. So they right. became, and it, it's really only two or three guys in an office doing all of them for the nation. So once they got 
a month or two behind, it just caught up. And then you had unprecedented firearm demand, unprecedented suppressor demand, things like that. So they've just gotten stacked up. I've spoken, so has Kelsey, with the people at the NFA. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying. They seem like really good people. You know, they're, the ones actually doing the work um, seem like nice of people. And they're, they're trying. It's just only so much two or three guys can do in a 40-hour work week with what it's required. But uh, I haven't heard anything else about um, fees mandatory wait times anything like that going and they're a completely separate division too which will help i mean they're not they're not the atf like most people think of atf it is the nfa division is the nfa division they have their own people their own rules so yeah it it just i have been concerned what would happen under the current administration understandably rodney we appreciate (laughs) you calling in you have a good day all right brother I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Super Belt. Yes, sir. The Super Belt. Yes, sir. You have to remember that it is the Super Belt. (laughs) Um, We talked a little bit about Gary's wearing one now. Anyone else on the table yet? We're still. I don't don't have one, but we're definitely going to talk after this. I'm not as a. I'm not as good at a hard sell as as my (laughs) my companion over here. You don't have to. You just hand the belt over and say, "Look." Yeah. There you go. And then I'm like, "Oh, hey, I need one of these." Yeah. Absolutely. Um, It is a non-leather belt. Nope. No leather. Yeah. It looks a lot like a leather belt. Yep. Okay. That's made to look like leather because that's what you're used to seeing. Yep, exactly. Yep. It is a conventional buckle system, mm-hmm. meaning like you, what everything you grew up with, with that was a buckle and went through the little holes and everything yep. else like that. I have had um, an example of the belt in my hands before. It is uh, incredibly light, incredibly sturdy. Um, or some kind of ridiculous tensile strength that allows you to tow your car if you need to, which is actually always a handy thing to have as Absolutely. far as I'm concerned. Um, dual purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and the the other thing I noticed about it is it does flex, which is not common in leather belts, right? Um, depending on the animal. But the uh, but it does have a flex to it that keeps you from it digging into your side like a good thick leather belt will. And but it also doesn't seem to doesn't have a roll to it. Right. The, the vertical strength is crazy. If you Even if you take the buckle off, if you throw it in a circle, put a sheet of plywood on top of it, you can stand on it, and it won't collapse top to bottom, which, as we all know, is super important when you have a gun on your head. Oh, absolutely. You don't want that to roll because it's going to completely throw off your draw. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, the vertical strength is awesome. But again, like you said, it's still very it's still very comfortable to wear. It's even got a rounded top and bottom, so most leather has got that hard cut edge. We can do that rounded top. where And again, so if it's up against your skin, it's just way more more comfortable mm-hmm. absolutely and it has that um that leather that because it's designed to look like a leather belt it has more of that 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 dress look to it so if someone did get a look at your like right now if you looked at my belt that i'm wearing you're like oh yeah guy's got a gun uh, <laughs> right because <laughs> it's nylon I've, and i've had nra instructors talk <laughs> about that too that they can tell the difference when you're carrying a firearm they mm-hmm. go one hole or two holes sure. tighter mm-hmm. and that's you can tell the difference if you look at the leather belt you can see that crease yeah. In these, you can't. Yeah. I mean, they're literally, you can't hardly tell the difference. And uh, something we were talking about when we were off the air was that we can do 
half-inch hole spacing. So I offer 13 holes at half-inch as opposed to the seven. Again, you just cannot do that with leather. It'll rip right through. Mm-hmm. Even even if you do the, they have the, I don't know who came up with this idea, but to make leather stronger, they were like, let's put a band of steel in the middle of it. And I was like, that's a great idea. And then you put stitching on either side of it, it slices right through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we can do half-inch spacing, so you get that really incremental adjustment. If you've got that inside the waistband holster, if you go outside, you can adjust. So it's not the difference between my gun's about to fall off and I can't breathe. You know, so we want to give you that extra adjustment. (laughs) So uh, before you walked into the studio this morning, what was your lead time on a belt if you ordered one today? Oh, I'll I'll make it and send it the same day. Okay. Yeah, I, I really try to. Sometimes it'll take me a day or two because the biggest thing is, we were, Jordan, you were talking about, like, oh, if you if I buy a 38, I don't do belt sizes. You don't say this is my pant size. And this is kind of annoying for some of the customers, but I have you custom measure, well, I have you measure your exact belt, and I custom hand make it to exactly okay. that best. So I've had people say, I'm 38 and three quarters of an inch. That's exactly where that center hole goes Excellent. because it's perfect. It fits them perfect. It's a custom handmade item for you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, hopefully after today, we can get you so busy that the next time we see you, you're like, oh, my God, I'm like three weeks behind because I've got so many orders. <laughs> <laughs> I because, would not complain at all. Because I, have, I haven't I have had a time, I haven't had a chance to test it in the field yet, but everything I've seen so far really leads to me to believe this is a very good quality product. And if you're in the market for a, a new gun belt, get a hold of Ellis at thesuperbelt.com. So we're going to take a quick break. Come back, look at some guns. You're listening to Gary on Guns on the Eagle 93.9. And we're back. This is Scott Van Kirk. I'm neither a guru of any sort, nor am I Gary Nolan. Um, I'm significantly shorter, and I'm much paler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are back. I have got Ellis from thesuperbelt.com. I have got Jordan and Kelsey from the Powderhorn, which is out on Paris Road. Yes, sir. You guys have been out there for quite a while. We've been in this location. It'll be 14 years this That's year. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I re- Actually, re- I'm uh, dating myself a little bit, but I remember both locations. I remember the old location. That's, three there locations. were three. Oh, yeah. okay. Ooh. Three yeah. locations. Yeah, originally, it was opened up uh, next to the Parish Road Pawn Shop back when it was in the wonderful white building before Parish Road got expanded. Okay. Uh, back in uh, the 80s. Actually, four locations because in 1964, it was opened in the A-frame above Silver Key Realty. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I remember the one that was like sort of, it felt like you were... Down in a hole. Yep. Um, and it was half Village Inn Pizza yep. yeah. and half Scuba Shop. <laughs> right. Hence the Italian decor on one side oh, and man. blue carpet on the other. Right. Yeah. I grew up in that building. Yeah. It was awesome. I, the, <laughs> the first time I went there, I, I drove by and I'm like, oh, hey, gun shop. And I'm like, how do how do how do I get there? <laughs> you, you can't get there. There's like a concentric circle to try and figure out how to get there. Your your current location is much much handier. better. Yes, much much better. And you guys have a recent remodel. Yes, okay. um, we have done uh, it. It's kind of extreme. Huh. It freaks people out. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they walk in and they think they're in the wrong building. Um, we we took a wall out essentially half oh, okay. a wall yeah uh-huh. um, rebuilt work counters we redid the wall behind the long guns so our higher end rifles and shotguns set up on a rack on the wall for people that haven't seen it um, and it used to just be white behind it okay and we put up um, basically what's a, a laminate flooring behind it so oh, it cool. looks kind of like barnwood yeah That's clever it's yeah. it's really nice um, we have redone most of the displays. 
Um, we've moved some stuff around. We've rearranged a little bit, but it it's very nice. I like it. Good. Well, I, and I obviously, uh, your opinion is the only one that counts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think so. So I've been made aware many times. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, she'll keep making you aware until you learn. Exactly. <laughs> That's how that works. I like to remind him he's stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys brought some firearms in. Just a couple. Uh, yeah, as the whole... Uh, radio table is just full of, oh, look, guns, guns, and more guns. <laughs> Start anywhere you'd like. What do you got? Um, Let's talk. What do you got? Show me what you... I what... guess we'll start with the new shield. Um, so Ooh. Smith & Wesson... Actually, this is... I have both here, so we'll talk about both. Um, <laughs> recently, Sig Sauer brought out a gun called the 365, which is a very micro double stack, 9mm, which was kind of a big deal. Um most of your concealed carry weapons were single stack. You could carry six to eight rounds um, in a standard size magazine and uh, maybe get nine or ten if you bought aftermarket extendeds or whatever. Enhanced. Correct. Um, <laughs> so everybody thought, Enhanced. oh, you know, BS, whatever. There's no way a tiny gun like that can hold 12 rounds. Well, yeah, here it is. Um, so now we see all these other companies going, hey, that's a great idea. We're going to do that. So Springfield followed up rather quickly with the Hellcat. Um, and now Smith & Wesson brought out what they call the Shield Plus, which is essentially the Shield, um, slightly widened, not much. Hardly if, can tell. No. Uh, if anything, I think it feels better because it's not so narrow. That was my only complaint on the Shield um, was how skinny it was. It physically is, I mean, no carry gun is fun to shoot, let's be honest, but it hurts in small hands. Oh, um, yeah. It was, I, a, it was a little too single stack. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they widened it out a little bit. Um, they changed the grip texture. They changed the trigger, which is a big plus. A lot of people, if you know MMPs, you know the hinge trigger system. It's kind of horrible, right. but it works. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's not it's, great, but... It's better in the original Shield than it is in the full-size M&Ps, in my opinion. Um, I'm a Shield carrier. I've been carrying a Shield for a number of years because I was, I was looking for a single-stack 9, basically. Yeah. And um, when the Plus came out, I was jokingly talking to Jordan. I'm like, hey, you guys got any of those? And he's like, no. He just shakes his head like, be quiet, fool. <laughs> and she proved me wrong. And approximately four hours later, we had three. Yeah. Um, well done. We're yeah. just that good. Yeah. Um, I like the trigger. It's a vast improvement. I like the texturing. It is not what you would, um, well, back in the day, we called kind of that skater tape, uh, really rough sandpapery texturing that you would get. Um, from Glocks with the RTFs, and um, I think H&K, USP was the first ones to really get crazy about it. Uh, theirs, was, theirs was more like a file. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This has got that, um, it's got that cat tongue thing yeah, going on. Yeah, it's grabby. Yeah. It's, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. It doesn't scratch, but it's grabby. It's got that feeling, like even if you're soaked in sweat, yeah. you're still going to be super oh, yeah. in control. It's, not it's got a great feel to it. No, yeah. that we were talking about that last night at the shop. Um, had some people and looking at them, you know, because we actually had them. <laughs> and uh, which I'm surprised that they're here. Today. I, right. You don't no, have no. any more. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, normally, <laughs> they're gone now. Yeah. A manufacturer will bring out a firearm, um, not to name names, Ruger, and we'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, "Look at what we're going to make in 12 months." Yeah, <laughs> uh, like hey. thanks. That's like a movie preview. Right. Like coming in 2030. Like, yeah. why are you telling me this? Right. <laughs> if you can't make it. <laughs> Don't, don't tell, tell me. me. Yeah. Here's, here's a picture of our super cool gun <laughs> yeah. that, that we can't don't have. That we don't really make Which, yet. Ironically enough, Ruger brought out a gun like this. They call it the Max 9. Uh -huh. It's a micro double stack. 
we mm. will see one eventually. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I am pretty excited about this. And as I, I told you, I carry a shield. I carry actually a Gen 1 shield. I'm not even doing a 2. I'm not even rocking a 2.0. And, um, you said yours is a single stack 9? It is the regular yeah. single stack shield. And um, one of the first things I did when I got my hot little hands on that, <laughs> that shield plus right there is put it in my holster. And it fits the same holster that my regular shield does. There's no, doesn't appear to be any difference in that part of the frame, uh, where the where the slide actually meets the frame, or in the slide itself. Okay. So now I don't have to buy a new holster. You know how happy it makes me to be the new gun <laughs> and don't need a new holster. Um, That's an extra forty bucks to get stowed towards the next firearm. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. Four, um, four rounds of ammo. <laughs> two, boxes of tw- two boxes of twenty-eight gauge. Two, two boxes, boxes of twenty-eight, 28 gauge. gauge. There you go. If they only made this in a twenty-eight gauge. We'd all be set. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoever's watching the, the like Google Analytics right now, there's like all these searches going up for twenty-eight gauge guns right now. <laughs> like, why is everybody searching for this all of a sudden? It's like a four ten, only better. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so, it's really interesting. I'm um, sometimes I'm hesitant to buy the new model as it comes out, but this appears to be so similar to the original shield that I'm not anticipating any engineering hiccups. Right. I'm really not anticipating any of the problems that you sometimes get right. that are the hiccups when a new, brand new gun comes out. Because right. in my opinion, it's not a brand new gun. It's just a significant improvement of yeah. an existing platform. It's shield guts in a new. Package, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Not yeah. having to redo your training amount of time. you've the, the rounds you've put through the one you currently have yeah. to be able to upgrade this, you don't have that in the back of your head. Man, this is different. The sights right. are different. Right. The grip's different. Oh, no, it's so, exactly the same, except yeah. the trigger's so much sweeter. Yeah. Oh, it's far <laughs> it and <is>. away. <laughs> I cannot wait. And it's like I'm counting down the time. Is it up? So I'm almost, <laughs> we're almost there. It's like, should we go best of for the last half hour and just go to the gun store? <laughs> All right. So we are coming up on a hard break, but w- let's tease a little bit. What have we got going on that we are going to be looking at when we come back? We have got a couple, couple of Wilsons, yes. Wilson Combat. Go over the Wilson Combat stuff. We're, we're a full-line dealer for them. Oh, okay. All right. You guys do, uh, do have a wide um, market share because I know you guys are – um, if I was looking for something hunting related, I would probably mm-hmm. come to you guys. Yep. I know you guys have got a, a vast selection in that in that arena, yep. but then to, you know, pull a 180 and head to the other end of the spectrum and say, oh, by the way, we also are a full line Wilson combat dealer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have an FN scar right now, so. We need know. to talk. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to. Uh, flip it over to the news and we'll be back to talk about those in just a minute you're listening to gary on guns on hot talk 93.9 the eagle and we're back uh scott van kirk filling in for gary nolan he was here for the first hour and uh had to go meet the lovely and gracious gwen nolan um wonderful wonderful lady beautiful woman incredibly intelligent um other than that, maybe a low self-esteem or nearsighted. We're not really sure. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> oh, that's and you guys are friends. Uh, hey, oh, he's going to leave me his radio show. I'm going to do stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> we are back. I am, that was Ellis from uh, thesuperbelt.com. I encourage you to check out his website. Amazing product. Can't wait to get my hot little hands on it and start uh, getting all gear weirdo about it. Um, I have got Jordan and Kelsey from Powderhorn, and they've brought in a number of firearms for us to look at. 
going into the break, we were talking about you guys being a full-line Wilson Combat dealer um, under the auspices of can you get anything from Wilson <laughs> Combat, like can you get anything from anybody. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about Wilson Combat. So Wilson Combat is, you know, we started, we've always been a hunting store. Sure. And that is what we have been known for and kind of set us apart. We've all been hunters. You go back to Lee, you go way back to Don, you go to Kelsey, uh, me, everybody that works there. Kelsey's not so far back. Kelsey just got here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Snuck in. I don't but, you know, we've always been known to that. And so we wanted to expand a little bit, though, and appeal to everybody. And Wilson Combat has made a fantastic product for a long time, and they're close. You know, they're just over the border in Arkansas right. uh, is where they make all their stuff. I've been to their facility once uh, years and years ago, <laughs> and uh, they just they just make fantastic products. They tend to make products, in, in our opinion, that are more geared. I hate, to, I hate the term combat pistol, but that that's really what it is. It's, well, it's the, name made, of, the name of the company is Wilson Combat. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. So they're, they're more they're pretty thinking. unapologetic. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're incredibly accurate in their wonderful firearms, but they've built most of their firearms with a thought of carrying the firearm, removing the firearm from a holster, presenting a firearm, reloading a firearm, and all of those things. And they've, they've gone the whole route with it. And then they make fantastic products. And uh, usually when you pick one up, uh, we show we show people the difference between it and a good product, let's say a Springfield 1911, right. a good, good product. Sure. But then when you, when you put the two together, whether it be a 1911 uh, style or not, the Wilson Combat's just, it's cleaner, it's tighter, uh, the tolerances are better, um, they've just done a better job with, with the, the things that they've done. And they don't just make 1911s. A lot of people thought about that, and their 1911 magazines are probably one of the world-leading magazines out there. They make fantastic. <laughs> and have been for decades. I mean, forever. So, uh, But they make oh. so much more. They have an EC9, uh, EC9, EC9S. Um, and that's their full line. The, the, the first Wilson Combat that was made pretty much a design from scratch. Um, absolutely love it. It's a 9mm. It's pretty small. It has a similar grip and an angle to a 1911. Um, but it's their own proprietary stuff. Uh, and, it, and it holds... I don't remember what the capacity was. I want to say it was 12 or 13 rounds of 9mm. Um, so, fa fantastic gun. But they also take uh, have partnered with SIG, and they've partnered with Beretta, and we've sold bunches of these. And mm -hmm. they make a Beretta 92 Brigadier and a Beretta 92 Centurion um, that they, they get the... Um, slides and I apologize. They get the frames from Beretta, and then they go and build and dehone and make it better uh, internals, uh, just better tolerances on the exterior. And we sold a lot of those, and the Sigs and the Berettas, and those are thousand to thirteen hundred dollar guns, which really isn't that bad for when you get into what a regular Beretta would cost you for that, or one of sure. the higher end Sigs. You know, you're in the seven eight hundred dollar range anyway, and so they do a lot of work on it, and they would just been. The customers have loved it. Um, we, we carry their AR lowers and their AR uppers. Of course, right now it's it's hard to get any of those. And when we get, I think the last shipment was twelve, and they were gone within two or three days. Yeah, sure, um, but they make just just really good product, made in America, really close. You could drive down, and they let anybody come in. At least they. Pre all pre this, pre COVID, <laughs> sure. um, if you just stopped by, it was amazing. They'd kind of show you around their little factory they've got right there. So, really, really, really neat products. The Vickers Elite. I'm on their website. That looks. That is a yeah. sick looking gun. But <laughs> what what of theirs do you have in store right now? That well, and what is that? <laughs> a CQB Elite. It's okay. A, um, so it is one of their 1911 style guns, nine millimeter. It's not the cheapest gun that they build. <laughs> you pay for, you pay for high, quality. It is high quality. It's, it's higher end, yeah. It is. It's, it's extremely end. high quality. Yeah. Um, but, but Wilson Combat is, 
if you're serious about a 1911, and I mean serious about 1911, yeah. Wilson Combat's one of those names that, that immediately pops Absolutely. to mind. You know, I've owned Springfield Armories that were nice guns, yeah. custom loadeds and things like that, <laughs> and they were nice 1911s. They were not Wilson Combat <laughs> 1911. <laughs> and it takes a lot. You know, you can take a stock, stock 1911, mm-hmm. something like a Springfield, a SIG, um, a Smith & Wesson, whatever, mm-hmm. and put the time and the work into it to make it like this Wilson. But that takes a lot of time. That sure. takes a lot of effort. Um, a lot of people mess it up. Oh, yeah. You see that the knowledge, the, the knowledge to yeah, do that. Absolutely. It's easy to mess Or just absolutely. start there. Right. Just start or with just the Wilson. Pay somebody to make it nice for I you. Have, that makes I, a lot of sense. On, on occasion, I'm not going to lie, I have attempted with varying degrees of success to repair <laughs> a 1911 before, where essentially all I was doing was re- replacing a fitted part right. and hand fitting it into the gun. And I'm like, I understand why actually there's people who do this professionally. Right. Because I, you know, I would get it done with the amount of knowledge and experience I had, and it was on my own guns and things like that. But I would be like, man, this is taking a long time. And mm-hmm. I know that if I really had a higher skill level, like the guys at Wilson who build these things, um, yeah, it would have been just like that. Right. Yeah, they, they make some really, really nice, tight, high end products you have no problems with. We also carry the Les Bear stuff. Um, Les oh. Bear, probably more oriented, I think, towards hunters and precision. Okay. Um, the the sub MOA stuff at longer distances, fantastic. But they're just built a little. They're built a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But it is nice to have somebody else do all that work for you, especially on oh. a carry gun. You get a little. You have oh, to yeah. Think about that. Hey, yeah. you're going to tinker with a carry gun, guys. Mm-hmm. That's that's a gun you want to make sure it goes bang every single time. Well, yeah. or that'll open you up to civil liability. Oh, that's what I would, That's if the exact thing I was thinking. It, yeah. The number one thing they say: don't it. don't custom load your ammo. That you're uh, you right. know don't don't reload your own ammo for your concealed carry. Yeah. No, you need to have a uh, you need to have sort of a factory preset. Right. Yeah. In so much as, as this is, if I needed to mm-hmm. replicate this gun by walking into a gun store and saying that's the gun that I used, <clears throat> and they could buy one right off the and, and compare right. the two, yep. is uh, is one of the issues that you consider from a, a legality standpoint. And as regards to the uh, to the ammo, I mean, if you yeah. can do it, and I'll throw this one out. If you can do it, you should have a sample of the actual ammunition that you are carrying in your firearm for personal protection <clears throat> secured at your house. Right. So that if you ever had to, for whatever reason, during an investigation of a shooting or even the civil portion of it, you could present that and say, no, these are this is what I was carrying. Right. And, you know, and there's probably some people that are going to yell at me for saying that, like, well, I'm going to reload my ammo. And the, the, the defense I heard of it was from uh, CCW trainers that said, if you are reloading your own ammo to carry for your conceal and carry firearm, the lawyers, if you ever have to use that, are going to paint you as this guy down in the basement just maniacally wanting to kill somebody. Right, and so that was their logic oh, yeah, behind absolutely, it. Absolutely. They said buy off the shelf, you're, you're buy quality. You're obviously the guy down in his basement yeah. who is filling his hollow points full right. of mercury. Yeah, and exactly. Coming. <laughs> yeah. And, and everything else like that. And I consider that to be a valid point. And yes, there will be people out there that will chime in with their their constant, well, actually. I know. But yeah, anyway. The so actually guy. We have got to go to break. We'll be back in just a minute. Uh, you're listening to Gary on Guns. I'm Scott Van Kirk on the Eagle 93.9. Actually, it's Scott Van Kirk filling in for Gary. He had to, uh, he had to bail on us for the last uh, hour of the show. Uh, I got to come up with a saying. I don't have any sayings. You need a catchphrase. I need a catchphrase. Yeah. yeah a mo- maybe a motto. Ooh. <laughs> Some kind of a motto. <laughs> but I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. So that was um, Ellis from thesuperbelt.com. You need to go and check out his product online. Um, I tell you, I'm, I'm kind of I'm stoked. I'm stoked about the new belt. 
That's where just I'm going to out. I'm ready to get it to you. All right. All I just right. need that measurement. You got to measure it. 41. You 41. 41. You measured from the belt to the tip. You know You're ready? You know All right. Perfect. I'll, I'll get it. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm sure we can get a couple samples maybe over at the Powderhorns. So people come touch it. If there you go. If they wanted to touch it before they ordered so <laughs> the we'll belt. Work on that. Yeah. Yes, you need, he wasn't real clear on that. <laughs> we kind of—he was uh, over here touching his Beretta before, so I just wanted to clarify. I was like, "Oh, how do we awkward?" awkward. I'm, I'm good at that. Sorry. Oh, and um, really, probably the only class in the room at all is Kelsey <laughs> from Powderhorn. He says that after we go to commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh no, and uh, so you can talk and say whatever you want because. Yeah, like I said, you're the only class in the room. These two are on probation. <laughs> he clearly does not know me very well yet. <laughs> hey, fake there it. are those of you that do. Fake yeah. it till you make it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Hey, look at me. <laughs> look, do, do, do. Look, I got dimples. <laughs> Play that up. Play that up. There you go. Um, I do have a real quick announcement. Um, because I'm going, and I think it's worthwhile for other folks to consider going. So a buddy of mine owns a training company called Armed Missouri, Armed Missouri Incorporated. And it's down around Sterling, uh, Missouri, which is southeast of Jefferson City. Uh, my buddy Chris down there is bringing in John Murphy from FPF Training. And he is doing a uh, two-day course on April 17th and 18th. It's an approximately 20-hour course that is going to combine a number of skills, and it's called Concealed Carry and Street Encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just a shooting course. Okay, In fact, it's what I would consider to be an intermediate uh, cl- uh, personal protection course because you're going you're gonna to deal with managing unknown contacts, which, of course, he gives uh, plenty of credit to Craig Douglas for the one who's actually developed that from ShivWorks. And um, you're going to deal with pepper spray. You're going to deal with actual firearms presentation, uh, pre, during, and post personal protection incident, things like that. So I'm encouraging you to go to armedmissouri.com. Take a look at their website in general because I do a lot of of other training. But specifically, take a look at that upcoming course from FPF Training. Is that open to the public? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not a cop anymore, so I'm not doing too much (laughs) specific law enforcement stuff. This is on the civilian side. Very cool. This is specifically designed for the civilian side, and I think it's a bargain for 20 hours of training. Yeah. Yeah. Continuing that training on after you get past the original concealed carry class, for most of them, their requirements are very, very limited for a concealed carry permit. Oh, absolutely. To get the training. So you've got to learn how to punch paper first, which is what it is. I mean, you do. It's, Mm -hmm. It's nothing wrong with it, and you need to punch paper a lot in your life, but... Then moving on to a three-dimensional thought of things that Absolutely. may and may not occur, uh, not just on a static range, is, is very important. It's, it's, it's fun. Most people have a whole lot of fun with it, right. but then you can learn a lot of stuff that you can. And I encourage you, as I always encourage folks, to, get, to seek out good quality training in addition to what your basic course was. And um, get outside your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. Get outside your comfort zone. Go and learn um, from these folks that I recommend especially um, because of course I'm never wrong but uh, (laughs) (laughs) Gary's not here to argue with (laughs) it the reason I know the reason I say is I encourage you to to look into some of the folks that I recommend is because I I have existing um, first or second hand personal knowledge of the folks and I know where they're coming from this isn't a course where they're going to beat you up for where you're at in the journey Uh, this is a course where they're going to help you along in that journey and they're going to make you a little bit better with everything that you learn from, but sometimes you got to step outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, you learn the most when you when you dive in with both feet into something that you're not over overly comfortable with. Yep. 
Okay. When J- Jordan mentioned before, too, you were talking about stressing yourself. Like, when you're at the range and everything's perfectly calm, that's not the environment you're going to encounter when your adrenaline is dumped, when your your vision is focused. So those trainings are so important. Mm-hmm. If you're going to carry a firearm, like we're talking about doing, like we're all doing, mm-hmm. that's so important to prepare yourself for that situation. Right. And it's uh, and it's very important, in my opinion, um, and I don't think I'll get huge pushback from any on this one, is um, you need to become more well-rounded as in regards to personal protection. I'm getting there. There you go. You're doing oh, a good job. in regard to personal protection. Sorry. <laughs> that was skill, not a fat joke. Okay. Skill set and things like that. From your ability to talk to people and your ability to deal with um, things that come up every day on the street. Um, there's a lot of crazy folk out there. Um, not necessarily always their own fault, that you find yourself in those encounters where it's not a gun problem. Right. It's a personal interaction problem. And um, I encourage intermediate tools. I encourage you that you get some training in regards to um, actual hand-to-hand, if you want to call it that, or martial arts training. I encourage the carry of pepper spray. Um, as Chuck Haggard calls it, It's uh, you need something between a harsh word and a gun. Oh, that's a because, good phrase. Because yeah. you live actually in that area you live in that area between a harsh word and a gun that's where most of your interactions oh uh, yeah will will take you and i when i was teaching at the academy i served as the state subject matter expert in uh, defensive tactics and ground fighting in particular and uh we did a lot of civilian courses in that from the rad the rape aggression defense classes on through a whole slew of other things and that's one of the things i think i push a lot and the firearm is important and the firearm's fun it's sexy it's all of these things cool yeah it is important to have but uh, man, the yeah. in-between stuff—you really need to have that. And once you get really comfortable with that stuff, you feel better when it does escalate to a gun-type oh, situation. When it's, when it's a gun day, you just feel better. Yeah. It, uh, it frees up um, what I like to call it frees up a lot more processing speed. Yep. If I know that between a harsh word and a gun, I have these available tools right. to me. I'm better able to process the stressful situation because I'm no longer trying to access. Um, software to find out, oh, geez, what do I know how to do? What do I not know how to do? How is this going south so quickly? And everything else like that. If I'm confident with what I know and what I'm able to do and my skill set, then it is very much, okay, it's not that you're sitting back and watching it develop, but you're actually going, okay, this is my counter to that. And even if it's a counter with my ability to BS you um, or through my counter to be able to get actually get physically hands-on with you or the deployment of pepper spray and in you know in the in the most extreme the deployment of a firearm and stuff like that i had the um about three years ago trying to think three three and a half years ago chris down at armed missouri was able to bring in craig douglas and we did ecqc that is the most eye-opening course that i have ever attended and that is saying a lot that's from over a decade as a law enforcement officer as well as uh a student and a trainer in the civilian side. And it was just so eye-opening. And one of the things, the first four hours of that course is talking to people. Confrontational, verbal confrontation and dealing with verbal confrontation. It's a lost art. Now, here as we sit, I've got... Um, three salespeople um, that are faced <laughs> that are, are across from me, as well as a former law enforcement officer like myself. And being a law enforcement officer is mainly just talking to people. Yeah. Um, customer so, service. It's just yeah. customer service. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> Angry customer service, but well, still customer service. That's true. Customer You're exactly right. Yeah. Customer service. So <clears throat> when I say the ability to talk to people, um, a lot of us take that for granted. You take that right. very much yeah. take that for granted yeah. that you yeah. could literally walk up and start talking to a stranger. Right. You know, I could give you the assignment as a field exercise to see that person. Go go talk to them yeah. and find out X. You know, find out A, B, and C right. about them. 
So you'd go up there and you would engage in conversation just to prove that you have the verbal agility to handle those things. Not everybody has that. Or be able to read a person. Right. Oh, yeah. By talking to them, you know. Probably nothing worse than when we roll our (laughs) eyes when we hear someone else tell a story, either as Mm. trainers, as leaders, or whatever it is you're doing. There's nothing worse because we're like, you didn't just tell them no. (laughs) You didn't just just take you know, try to take advantage of that situation. We do take that for granted no. because it took years. We d- I doubt at 19 we were doing that, you know. It slowly yeah. came on with the training and everything yeah. like that. And that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah, and obviously in law enforcement, also a part of sales is, is, as you were talking about, Kelsey, is to be able to read a situation and to read people. We read people all the time. Um, I had a great time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks folks. for having us. Thank um, you. And we're going to do this again. Absolutely. We're going to do this again. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Um, everyone be safe. Take care of yourselves out there.